1: happy new year oh my gosh happy new year jenny will you um will you do me a favor and will you ask me who i am who are you i am barbara walters and this is 2020 wow (laughs) that was for i
2: should seven and a half going i've been waiting i've been waiting all this time to make that joke i'm so happy that you finally got what you have desired for so long um I've just been saying I'm twenty twenty Jenny. Twenty twenty Jenny? Yeah, that sounds yeah, nice. Right. It
1: doesn't really work for Kristen, so I had to go with the dad joke. Yeah, you know? yeah.
2: Bad one. Wa- Shh sh- 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> Either you get it or you don't and if you do then you're old and if you don't then congratulations. Ah. <laughs> okay, so we have a couple of things before we head on into Shadow. Um I just heard earlier today the song that Jenny is working on uh and you should get excited for that at the end of the episode cuz it's Yeah. It's a dance in hit, I think.
2: Nothing but the highest quality, you know, ideal in nuance <laughs> and ideal in subtlety. And metaphor. I wonder what this song will be like. I wonder.
1: Um, I want to let everyone know that I found out, I discovered. Uh, A couple of months ago That our patron supporters Our our supporters on Patreon They uh, do a million things And one of them is that They have a pen pal exchange And I flipped out When I found out And was like Why am I not invited To the pen pal exchange (laughs) To which I became invited Um, Michaela is the person Who's running the pen pal exchange Over there And so I'm telling you all In case you like me Did not know That the signups are open now The next round of signups If you want a pen pal For our patrons From today January 8th until january 22nd um it's really cute you just fill out a form you say like if you want to stay within the u.s or if you're willing to, to send your letters internationally and then you there's even like jenny there's even like a little place where you say like i'm i've seen the whole series you can spoil me or like i haven't seen it yet you can't it's really really oh no. cute um and we'll put up the forum on patreon and on the secret facebook group um from Michaela. And Michaela, thank you for spearheading that. It's really, really great. And I'm doing it. I don't know if you're going to do it, Jenny, but I'm going to definitely sign up for it and have a pen pal in there.
2: Wow. Speaking of incredibly important messages, have I got one for you. It's the Sexual Attention Award results from last episode. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. With a deeply disappointing 5% of the vote in fourth place. We have the rightful heirs to the crown but alas it no. shall not be eh. Xander and Riley's butt. I mean it was hilarious uh, also
1: the fact that my notes have Riley's butt comma 5% is like a real <laughs> it's just really funny to me to look at. <laughs>
2: uh, in second place, well there's just some stiff competition no pun intended in this episode in in third place, in third place we have with 23% of the vote Spike and Angel Working our way through the chain of Spike nominations, (laughs) we have in second place with 29% of the vote, Spike and Drew. Isn't that
1: incredible? Spike sucked blood off of Drusilla's, I mean, Drusilla sucked blood off of Spike's finger and still only managed to garner 29%. Shocking. Tough episode. But the people
2: want what the people want. And here in first place with 43% of the vote, it's Spike and Buffy. You're welcome. I mean, of course it had to be.
1: It's fool for love. We would have been absolutely scandalized had they not won this uh, vote off. So congratulations, Spike, Buffy. Your trophy is in the mail. Uh, Jenny. Yo. Are you ready for the first spooky news of 2020?
2: This better be good. You better start the decade correctly.
1: Okay, Jenny. Well, Lindsay S. sent in a story that is mildly spooky and very relevant to today's episode. It's a story that comes from Boston's local NPR uh, affiliate. And the title of the story is Baby Anacondas Born at a New England Aquarium Without Any Male Snakes Involved.
2: Hell yeah, (laughs) life finds a way. Yeah, so
1: um, this was like very unexpected. It's only happened, this is only the second time that it's been recorded that something like this has happened. It happens more with like plants and invertebrates, uh, invertebrates, invertebrates. I believe it's braids. So like wasps and ants, um, you see this thing, which is called parthenogenesis. uh, And parthenogenesis can be done in one of two ways. One, you, uh, the, the, um, entity animal thing creates itself as a clone and in the other one it sort of like rearranges some shit and then you don't get a full clone but it doesn't need the anything else so this anaconda um two of the snake babies survived um out of like 18 snake babies and they are they were tested they are exact clones of the mom whoa so okay so unlike most snake species uh, anacondas don't lay eggs so when they walked into this aquarium they saw this snake literally giving birth to little snakes like it like it literally it was it wasn't dropping eggs it was like little babies 18 baby snakes came out of this anaconda so I thought today on the first day uh, the first episode of 2020 here at buffering and a, an episode where we get yet another uh snake demon lizard monster if you will we could hear some spooky news that's actually Actually, not so spooky because fuck yeah, lady snake.
2: Ah. <laughs> wow. Spooky. Well, it's officially 2020, as we've already mentioned, but that means it's it's currently the year of 2020 prom, which has not yet happened, which still waits for us upon the golden horizon, our live taping of I Was Made to Love You is sold out. But there are still some prom bids left. You can find them at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on events and you can find all the relevant info there. Please join us for our most formal occasion of the year.
1: Yes, please do. So excited. We already have some costumes in the works for this prom. We are... We do?
2: Yes, we do.
1: well, I'll remind you after we stop taking Jenny. Okay. (laughs) Uh, other things I would like to remind all of you of are that we have two Patreon uh, events coming up. January 11th, which is this weekend, we'll be watching Scream 2 together. All of the details for that can be found on our Patreon page and also on our Facebook page, the secret Facebook page, of course. Um, and on the 22nd of February, Jenny will be playing you all of your favorite buffering songs. Jenny, I hope that you learn this song for this episode for the next Oh hell yeah! Uh, buffering concert because i think it's going to be a real jam to hear live as well uh. <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah um and of course you can find out more and join our patreon family over at com. just click on patreon one other thing before we roll over into this episode holy shit jenny what the fuck happened a couple of days ago we must make oh. sure that everyone knows
2: um Okay, let's see. You're asking me a question, and I need some time to think of the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I give some you some music you yeah, can yeah, play. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Let me give me you the some... answer. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Wow, did you see that we were on freaking Jeopardy? We were an answer on Jeopardy. Frickin' Jeopardy? Ah! Ha, ha, ha. We were the
1: $200 clue. How do you talk about it? The $200 We were the $200 answer. The $200 uh, answer. Right? Yes. The $200 answer in the podcast category. Uh, the answer was complete the title of a podcast devoted to a Sarah Michelle Geller series, Buffering. And our friend. Just kidding. We don't know Karen, but this lady. A whole named, other Karen. Yeah, this whole other Karen, this lady named Karen who was on Jeopardy was like, bleep, bloop, the vampire slayer. And Jenny and I have never been so excited in our entire lives. I mean, I literally was like just pacing around my house in excitement for like three hours.
2: You know, I've been um, running around the house all, all weekend now uh, humming to myself Jeopardy, the song, not the da na na song, but the song by the Greg... Keen Band that was uh, brought into my consciousness because Weird Al Yankovic parodied it. But basically, the chorus of the original is I was in jeopardy, baby. Ooh. Because we were in jeopardy. We were in jeopardy, baby. baby. Ooh. Great.
1: <laughs> They're going to love it. <laughs> wow. So now that we've let you know uh, that we have officially peaked. The, the mountain does not go any higher than this. Uh, yeah, we it's roll over. We will What's roll. E- <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's done. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, it's been lovely. We're going to roll you right over into the theme song and another episode of our podcast, a podcast featured on the very popular,
2: totally, we've immortalized, we're immortalized. That's it. I feel very powerful. Me too. You know, I sent my dad a, a Jeopardy question a day calendar for <gasps> Christmas. And I wonder if one day later we'll be anthologized in a Jeopardy oh, question a day. My God, calendar. you
1: should, Jenny, you should make your dad a calendar next year. <laughs> That's just every, every day. Every is, day. Yeah. Is that is us.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Thank you. All right. Let's get into the episode. Indeed. to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. This week, we
1: are back. Happy 2020. We are here to talk to you about Buffy Season 5, Episode 8, Shadow. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny. Jenny, it's about a snake this week, isn't it? It's about a great big thing. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. And also, if you are looking for something to do in 2020 and have not yet started listening to our sister podcast, Angel on Top, hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, you should be doing that. It is fantastic. And it goes in tandem with our watch. So they are going to be back next week with season two, episode eight
2: of Angel. Get on it. Ding. Bong. Yes. As I always say, as you do, always say. Well, Shadow was written by David Fury and directed by Dan Attias, mm. and originally aired. Are or, you buckle up? It originally <laughs> aired on November twenty first, two thousand. The, the my last day of being eighteen. What? <laughs>
1: Buffy is, in fact, all in relation to how, what age you were and how far away you were from celebrating. It's all birthday. very
2: carefully planned. <laughs>
1: uh, this is the one where, according to IMDb, Glory transforms a snake into a terrifying monster in her quest to find the key. Just a side note, I think that's debatable, uh, the terrifying aspect, but we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, and Joyce is hospitalized after being diagnosed. With an illness. Uh, this is the one
2: where there's a great big snake. There's a great big snake. It's got some flashing red eyes, but I guess we can wait to get to that.
1: This is like the era of we have just discovered CGI. Like not just discovered it, but like just maybe it got cheap enough to use more frequently, perhaps. But it is just like, so I just watched Jenny. I know you know this and most of the people who are listening know this because I had a long Twitter party about this. But I just watched all the Star Wars um. All of them, all nine. I watched them in a week. And uh, I went from the ones made in the 80s to the ones made in the early aughts to the ones then made currently. And the CGI journey that you have is like, where <laughs> they were in the Natalie Portman years of the Star Wars trilogies is where we are now in Buffy. And you can totally see right. the like parallels of just like you want to just put your head in the sand and be like, why have you done this? It was Whoa. it was so much better when you were sculpting things from like whatever you could find in the prop room
2: because this is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are like some really nice. Practical effects, like the coming from the side eyelids, like mm-hmm. the translucent eyelids that we see, um, which are a practical effect, look really, I think they look, <laughs> considering what they're mounted on, I think they sure. look pretty good. Well, and that's um, the thing, But then, what's worse, Kristen, what's worse, uh, a nightmarishly bad CGI snake man whipping through town uh, from, like, a bird's eye view, <laughs> or uh, a huge, thick, really dead-looking practical snake tail that's being filmed close up, just like dragging across the floor of a church.
1: I I actually very cleanly vote that the CGI is worse. That's what I was going to say. That like, <laughs> cause we get both. There is a real snake. Um, I sent Jenny a really fantastic photo right before we started taping that I found. I was looking for a GIF of Buffy riding the snake, which I will make never you fear Um, uh, myself. <laughs> I did not find one. I found this picture of the snake man in, in a like goofing around, I guess, on set with like a towel wrapped around his waist holding a roll of toilet paper. So, you know, there was a real monster snake and then the CGI. And they're both a little rough, but I wish that we had had a goofy snake tail dragging across the floor much more than I wanted any of that horrible CGI. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway... Let's get into the episode. Apparently, we're starting off. I mean, hey, what better way to start a new year than by an in-depth discussion of a demon lizard? You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I think we're actually overdue. We are. It's been a minute. <laughs> we um, should, let's, let's do a vote off, actually. I think we should do a vote off of uh, your favorite demon lizard to date, and we'll do the frat lizard, the mayor snake, and the cobra snake right? We'll nice. see where everybody well, lands. Wow. yeah,
2: they love snakes on this show. Lo- they huh? fucking
1: love a snake. Uh,
2: <laughs> so, okay, so the
1: previously on sets us up for all of the things and it's, it's kind of an extensive previously on because we took a pretty hard turn with Fool for Love, right? Like, We went down a very particular path, and they're like, okay, okay, everybody regroup. (laughs) Remember, we've got Glory, who gets named in this episode. We finally can call her uh, all of her supremely magnificent names. And we get that uh, Dawn is the key. We get that Joyce is sick. We get that Riley is feeling left out. We get that Spike is um, in love with Buffy. So we're set up to, like, remember, okay, let's reorient. Here we go.
2: Yeah. And... Unpopular opinion of mine. Wow, I hate hospitals and medical scanning machines. Why do we have to pick up here? I know why we have to pick up here. But yeah, this just automatically cranks my viewing stress level up. Yeah. So Joyce is sort of like being
1: put into the CAT scan machine. Um, and it's really, I mean, it is upsetting, but it's also really beautiful. The, the way that they like shot it, I think like the light on her face and, um, it's just very, it's very haunting. Even if you, uh, are not as upset as hospitals as Jenny is like, it is very haunting, um, the way that they set up this opening scene. So she's going in to get, um, a cat scan and Dawn and Buffy are in the waiting room and Dawn is very adorably like, so what? Like, what about cats? Like, where are the cats?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Show me the cats. <laughs> Show me those cats and cat scans. No, they had
2: cats at a hospital. I'd probably like them a lot more. I mean,
1: honestly, that cat scan machine would be a lot better if there were a couple of cats just hanging around, you know.
2: Or just a couple, like, a pair of cat ears on top of the machine. Oh, cute. Yeah, that'd be cute.
1: Um, but Buffy and but this is, like, a big episode for Buffy and Dawn. Um, it's, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but, like, we see it start here where... Uh, Dawn says something, this thing about the cats, and Buffy goes to get annoyed and then has like the space to realize my little sister is terrified and I need to be here for her. So she holds her. um, And then we go to the magic box where, I mean, a very pivotal part of this episode, Jenny, hinges on the
2: yellow pages, which really. Now, kids, (laughs) the yellow pages were like a corporeal Google, but only for (laughs) businesses within a certain range. Yes, you would only get information about local businesses and also the the landlines of people around you.
1: I mean, it was like, you know, I don't know how kids today prank call, but it was the main source for uh, the fun of prank calling people was the yellow pages. You would just... Would
2: you, sorry, would you prank call people you knew or people
1: you didn't know? No, people I didn't know. Like, we would just, like, open the phone book and find a phone number and then call somebody. And I don't even remember what we would say, but, you know, we would laugh and have a great time i actually i'm watching six feet under for the first time and i just watched an episode because you know everyone starts with a death and i just watched uh, an episode that starts with three girls doing exactly that their prank calling and the one laughs so hard that she falls off the bed and snaps her neck and dies so
2: anyway oh my fucking god <laughs> <laughs> so
1: kids be careful with your prank calls <laughs> but yeah. yeah the yellow so the yellow pages were the businesses and the white pages were the people or the, the uh, rever- i believe that's correct yeah that's correct okay um, they put a beautiful ad, just beautiful ad. I actually disagree with Tara's assessment that the, the font is too small. I think you can read everything perfectly. It's a good size. No, no.
2: I think she was saying your one-stop spot to shop for all your occult needs this is hard to read.
1: Oh, just because it's a wordy, a very
2: wordy Yeah, because it's like a little bit of a, t- it's like a minor tongue twister.
1: Um, did you take a look at this, at this ad, Jenny? It's pretty wonderful. Tell me all ways. about it. Well, I mean, so you have the slogan, right? And then you have these like little uh, starbursts of like this thing and that thing, typical of many an ad. And the there's four starbursts and one is like potions and one is like crystals and then one is like death charms. And then the fourth <laughs> one says lollipops <laughs> for kids. So What the hell? And it's like right next to death charms. It's really special. And I did sure, a little bit sure. um, more investigation Investigation because there's a phone number on it and shout out to our santa barbara folks who have been making the claim for quite some time that this is based as santa barbara that sunnydale is santa barbara the area code is 805 which is a santa barbara area code everybody well whoa, whoa, whoa! detective kristen on the fucking case everyone
2: <laughs> uh yeah and 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 also in this scene we're getting So many great things. We're getting Anya asking if she's been mentioned in the ad. She's very excited (laughs) that there's an ad in the Yellow Pages and expects that, of course, she wouldn't be mentioned. Oh my God, is Anya? Does Anya have a touch of Gabby Dunn? Is that what I'm putting together? She's like, love to be mentioned. She loves being mentioned. (laughs) And the Scoobies are communicating to Giles that when they made a plan with Riley to go weed out that vampire nest together, Mm -hmm. Riley, in fact, went off by his lonesome and blew up the tomb. Tomb went boom. uh, And... Boom, boom, boom. And, you know, he's, like, putting himself at risk. And Xander is concerned.
1: Xander is concerned. And I want to give another shout-out to Anya um, because not only does she, like look for herself in the ad but then she like has this moment where she's like I don't you know I, like I, this is the first time I've not wanted a slaughter in the morning like I'm really growing like she's really like clocking her personal growth from like vengeance demon to <laughs> human form uh, and then everybody is like hey guys remember Glory
2: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah right right right, right, right. Um, uh, also a little a little bit of set color I don't know if you've noticed some of the signage around the Magic box cash register. Yeah, so there's a sign that says shoplifters will be transfigured, mm-hmm. and there's also a little sign that says magic happens. If you work in a, what does it say? Magic happens. Oh, <laughs> like I can't ma- tell if magic it's supposed cabins. to be like no, no, I can't tell if it's supposed to be like shit happens, or if it's supposed to be like magic happens and there's nothing you can do about it. Person who doesn't like magic, so shut up. <laughs>
1: Like they put it up after Tara's family left.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: Um, Exactly. Yeah, if you work in a shop, I really hope that you have taken uh, it upon yourself to put up the shoplifters will be transfigured sign. Because it seems like the best thing that you could ever give a nod to Buffy. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a threat that it seems more uh, terrifying than being prosecuted. (laughs) At least with prosecution, you have a shot. I mean, because like Amy, Amy's
1: still a fucking rat. As far as we know, we haven't seen her. But like transmog- but one transmogrification can be, you know, many seasons long.
2: <laughs> OK, so uh, so they're speculating about this woman and like, man, she's probably hanging out somewhere where bad guys usually hang out, um, maybe like a sewer or something and hard cut to what I guess is supposed to be like a very luxurious hotel room. Yeah. Uh, there is a round bed and I have so many questions. Mm. Where do you get sheets for a round bed? Maybe yeah. I just have the one question. And how do you make that? That seems like, you know how you like, it's easier to make a, a rectangular bed with like somebody on each side. Yeah. Well, yeah, because
1: like even if you got a custom made fitted sheet for your round bed, your blanket, even if your top sheet was round, tucking it in would be a living nightmare. You'd have to kind of like go all the way around tucking a little bit as you went each, you know, each little Yeah.
2: That's
1: that. I don't want a round bed is what I've learned just now. Yeah.
2: No thanks, Casper. Keep your round mattress <laughs> that you've been piloting. So so yeah, Glory is like
1: living it the fuck up. I guess that we are to believe that her salary is um incredibly high for, for the I like work that, that you doing. just assume she's on salary. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not freelancing this shit. She's getting she's getting a weekly salary. Uh, and, and she's sure, spending sure. it all. Um, she this is also on shoes on shoes yes yeah, so she's wearing phenomenal pajamas she's wearing listen let's be real this whole glory is just decked out in the most beautiful fucking shit all the time she's wearing like gorgeous pajamas right now that are like leather or um sorry I got ahead of myself velvet pants and like this beautiful shirt she's got 4,000 boxes of shoes on the bed that she's trying on later we'll see her in a red red leather dress. Um, Jenny, something else that we get in this scene, and we we don't really spoil too much in this show, but I will say that these nicknames, uh, if this is your first viewing of of Glory, are going to continue and they will simply just get better. Um, I wrote down a few of the names that Dreg, who we meet for the first time, Um, one of Glory's minions, I guess, is what we'll Mm call this guy, mm -hmm, uh, calls her most beauteous and supremely magnificent one, most tingly and wonderful glorificus, which I I believe is her full name, shiny special one, your terrifically smooth one, and your creamy coolness, all in this one scene. We get all five of those (laughs) names.
2: Yeah, working overtime. Yeah. And then, of course, Glory sees... In her copy of the Yellow Pages. <laughs> oh, my God. It's already open to that page. And, man, what a well-timed reprinting of the latest edition of the Sunnydale <laughs> phone book. Can you even believe the synchronicity at work here? I mean, you know, Yellow
1: Pages, not to be underestimated, very powerful tools in the early aughts and the late 90s.
2: Uh- <laughs> So Remember go, how they would, you would like just get like a huge brick of one dropped on your doorstep like yeah probably every quarter?
1: I read up on Yellow Pages and I found out that like in their prime, they would use 600,000 tons of paper annually. So
2: Jeez. yeah.
1: And the first phone book came out in 1878 in New Haven, Connecticut, which I thought was wow. fun. Yeah. yeah. So there's your phone book facts, what everybody wanted from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Glory rips the um, the ad out of the yellow pages so that she can find the magic box. And we cut to Buffy's house. And Riley is walking in and he's like, oh, no, the door is unlocked. And he opens the door and he's like, Footprints. Oh no! And Jenny, we (laughs) footprints. We have a (laughs) yeah. I just imagine Spike had some like muddy feet when he walked in. Um, Sure, sure, sure. We have a jingle that we never get to use. So let's play it for Riley.
3: Detective Riley,
1: beautiful detective Riley on the fucking case. We cut to Spike who is upstairs, and what is he doing, Jenny?
2: He is having a good, long, euphoric sniff of fuzzy pink sweater that belongs to none other than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But, <laughs> lo, he is caught. And he quickly whips the sweater behind his back as though he were up to nothing. And Riley's like, what are you doing here? And Spike is like, me? What are you doing here? And Riley is very appropriately, like, looking for the girl who's going to rip your arms off when she finds out you were in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. I'd like to take this opportunity to wave the white flag of peace and alert people that Riley didn't say, I'm going to kick your ass. He said, my very strong, very hot girlfriend is going to rip your arms off. Okay,
1: yeah, that's a good point. We are post, well, you haven't heard it yet, but you're about, you're going to hear it in a, in a few weeks, our interview with Mark Blucas. And um, you're, you'll probably notice as of this episode that although I will still keep pushing Riley to the edge of, of my tolerance level here, I, I was weakened. I was weakened in my knees. Mm. Uh, Mark Blukas! <laughs> It's just really beautiful and dreamy and so sweet. Uh, and so I think it's going to affect the amount of um, anti riley that I'm able to conjure for you all. But it's, you know, I'm going to do my best to be mm. the Kristen that you know and love. I will try my best not to succumb to too much
3: of the patriot!
1: Riley has, I mean, Riley has uh, some really awful moments in this episode, but 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 for the most part, he has re- he has a really good episode um, until we get to the end, and I think that yeah, we'll we'll give him credit here. I think there's other places and, later where we'll give him way more credit even than he'll get here.
2: And continuing down the detective Riley vein, he's like, "Were you just?" smelling that sweater and Spike's like no 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 no, bro you got it all wrong and then Riley puts his hands very compellingly on his hips and Spike <laughs> is like I cannot deny it any longer the power <laughs> Actually, of your hands <laughs> on your hips is too much for me and then he he takes a great big whiff and he's like I'm a predator she's my prey it's totally natural yeah. and then says Slayer Musk is bitter and aggravating <laughs>
1: It's good. It's a good. It's a good scene. Um, and so we've talked a little bit about like Spike and like his crush, crush. If you even can call it that, it's deeper than that. I think on Buffy, uh, his obsession with Buffy, and like how sometimes those of us who have crushes on people, um, can misinterpret. Things can take things that are not intended as uh, the return of affection and make them that. And Spike and Riley go downstairs because Spike's going to going to leave. And uh, Spike is, is making, I think, some decent points to Riley. Like, OK, well, she had drinks with me last night that I don't That like we know that, uh, you know, they had drinks because that uh, was
2: a, uh, an information gathering mission.
1: Right, exactly. But then he makes the very good point, which we have made several times this season uh, and last season, which is, you know, she's done a lot of spells, a lot of, like, you know, whatever they do to make vampires not able to, to take away their invitation so they can't come back in. And they've never taken Spike off the list. And I feel like he has a solid point here. Not that Buffy is desiring him, but certainly that, like, why...
2: Why? Yeah, that is it is peculiar. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kristen, yeah. you just you just flew past a very important thing. No, please, please go go for it. <laughs> uh, back when our two favorite dudes were still upstairs, and Riley was in the process of dragging Spike out of Buffy's room so he could scoot him down to the first floor, Spike foiled and grabbed successfully. A pair of frilly underthings that were hanging out of a drawer on his way out. Just a little something to take the edge off.
1: I think they might have been hanging. Was it a drawer or a hamper? I, I tried to block it out because I don't. No,
2: no. It was a, it was like a nightstand, I think. Okay. So
1: clean pair of Slayer clean. undies. Thank stolen God. Stolen from her room, which Spike, no thank you. So yeah, then downstairs speaking of piercing glances because you mentioned how (laughs) Riley put his hands on his hips upstairs, Spike's like, you know, at least I still we might both be weaker than Buffy in strength and you know, killing Mm. capacity, but I still have the attitude, something Spike (laughs) deeply prides himself on, Uh, and what do you have,
2: a piercing glance? Um, Well, he also has the ability to hold Spike in the sunlight and be like, oh am I dark enough for you now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Spike is very good at press. Like Spike, one of Spike's main roles as a character is to sort of um press the buttons of other characters to like make their insecurities bloom. Um, well this and- is like
2: the other side of the coin of his heightened, like you know, of having the highest emotional IQ on the show. Like mm. he's able to see things in a in a uh, a broader way like w- when everybody else is sort of like lost in their own bullshit he can kind of see the bigger picture of like how everyone's interconnectivity is functioning right Um, and he can use that for good <laughs> right uh, by highlighting things for people and helping them get to realizations faster or he can know exactly which buttons to press and when and how hard
1: right. And he does. He presses the Riley insecurity button pretty hard. Um, and then he, he, your favorite, I'm sure he finds a, a blanket in the bushes on his way out to cover his head as he no, runs into no. the sunlight. No, no,
2: no. He yells, blanket, blanket. And Riley furiously kicks the blanket out. Oh, really? I missed that.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Oh, so there well, is a blanket. Know, I love sure. to
2: see what Riley's up to. Okay. He watches every move very closely. <laughs> um, oh, so, um, wait. The one thing that we okay. we didn't talk about is that, you know, while Riley is like holding Spike in the sun and and uh, saying all kinds of shit and being like, I'm the one who knows what Buffy needs, Spike is like, oh, then how come you're not at the hospital right now? Oh, right. And, right. And, it's, and that's how Riley finds out that that Joyce has gone in for some tests and that that's where Buffy and Dawn are right now and um it's good that he has that information so he can go be there but not <laughs> not that he got but it but not from. without not without Sp- spike being like oh funny her not uh, i right. i'm not telling you well, i've known for 12 hours
1: and i think that it's um so leather is used in this show in very detailed ways it's it's you know like buffy and faith Faith is leather clad. And by the end of the season of Buffy and Faith, like Buffy shows up to kick Faith's ass and she's wearing like red leather pants. Like Angel has a leather coat and he gives it to Buffy. Like just a lot of leather here. And I Mm. have to say that I do believe... That in the next scene, suddenly Riley shows up wearing a red leather coat <laughs> that he keeps on himself for the balance of this episode. And I just feel like, you know, he was like on his way to the hospital. <laughs> he was like, you know, maybe Spike's right. Like, maybe I'm not bad enough. Yeah, and like, then in the window. It's not dark enough
2: now. Yeah. Yeah. In the he, the like, window he's up. he his sunglasses down in the rear view and like looks over the edge of them at himself. And he's like, he nods affirmingly. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: He goes like five miles over the speed limit on his way to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, relatable content.
1: (laughs) So, okay. So getting serious, Riley is at the hospital, and this episode is called Shadow. uh, And this is one of the reasons why. um, We find out through the CAT scan that they found a shadow um, in the scan of Joyce's brain, and they need to do a biopsy to find out what this is so it's very dark and concerning at the hospital and very sad
2: yeah this
1: sucks i mean you know without like jumping around too too much but i do want to say like they've teased it a little bit already but this episode it really digs into the demarcation specifically there's a line that's like the medical and the magical don't often overlap and and we're really digging into that now of like this is a show about fantasy about you know like magic and demons and vampires but also it's a show about real life and most of the tales that we get are told through the fantastical um and so they're really in this episode like pushing down hard on the this like this is not fantastical um which I think is important to note
2: yeah yeah
1: Okay, so we go to the magic box, and there's a conversation. Uh, um, Tara, by the way, I, I think that Tara's hair is, is – uh, maybe she dyed it or something? It's looking great. It's looking fantastic. <laughs> uh, so just, you know, shout out to Tara's hair. And she is saying, like, hey, what if – like, what if we're not finding her in these books because she's not a demon? Um, what if she predates the written word and they're sort of theorizing? And then mm. they, this this thing gets brought up of, like – well, they did say when the, da- the Dagon Sphere, when they were um, researching the Dagon Sphere, that which cannot be named was part of that um, information that they found. And I bring that specific line up, Jenny, because I think that the most incredible removal of Giles' glasses happens on that line. <laughs> I have I have watched all the episodes to this point And I think that this may be the best one I would like to play him wow. it, is, it was so moving to me how he removed his glasses When he said that, that I would like to play him his jingle
3: Giles Hot died When you were younger you were real bad But now you're older you've got glasses That help you watch over us Thank you John. Wow. wow.
1: One for the books. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, we're, we're learning uh, a little bit or they're trying to piece it together. How will we ever find her? She could be right, anywhere. Right, right.
2: There's no way for us to determine her moves, her habits, where she'll turn up next. And as he says that in turns, he's face to face with a petite blonde woman in a red leather dress. It's fucking glory. But nobody knows that because Buffy's not in the shop and Giles right. is like I beg your and Gloria's like uh uh-huh. and it's really <laughs> funny they do a little business he sells her some stuff and then he comes back to the table and he's like oh yeah so what was I saying yes she could be anywhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good little like silly, silly television joke. I'm here for it. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah, So totally. That we as the viewer, of course, know who this is. So we cut back to the hospital and this is where, so Riley, I think is, is really a wonderful boyfriend in this episode. I t- really do. Like he, he goes, I mean, he kind of undoes some of his uh, quality steps by the end, but we'll we'll talk about it when we get there and like why he's there and what, you know, what's going on for him. But he's in the hospital and he's like taking care of Dawn. and he, in this scene he takes he takes off his red leather jacket um, but he takes off his jacket <laughs> and he puts it over her while she's sleeping and It's really fucking sweet and really special and really, you know, I'm sure that we've talked before um, on the podcast about just like these moments that create family, right? That they're not really moments you can force or um, make happen. And this is one of those things. Something really bad is happening and everybody's very worried and... Shit needs to get taken care of. Dawn needs to be taken to school, picked up from school. Like these, these like very practical moments that are happening between, you know, Buffy and Dawn, uh, Dawn and Riley, Buffy and the Scoobies are all like these new tethers of family that are being created. Right. so um, right, right, right. Yeah. And this is the scene where the doctor comes out and tells Buffy the results of the biopsy. Um, which is interesting. I wonder if any of you are are listening and you are, um, you know, in the medical profession, if somebody has a biopsy done, maybe Joyce had already, like, you know, approved that like that they could tell Buffy. Um, but I, I would imagine mm-hmm. that that would have had to be cleared, right? That if that they would have to tell Joyce first normally the results of her test before um telling her kids, but maybe not. Maybe it's just But a few maybe
2: things. because Buffy is like over 18. Right, right. It's a different thing.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. But I'm curious. Buffering the Vampire Slayer at gmail.com. I would love to find out the um the actual way that this works. So, um, it is a brain tumor in layman's terms. Um, and this is, you know, we had a moment of Buffy on the stairs of the house at the end of fool for love that obviously was like gutting and her eyes, right. Like
2: just are definitely doing the same thing, the
1: same thing. They're just, they get like, it's like a, a wide, a cute little doe idea. Um, but it really is like a, like a wide idea in the forest of like just terror and, um, sadness and fear and overwhelm um that we see in her eyes and it's just awful awful to see and
2: ben good old ben paging dr ben Ben. paging dr ben could you please relieve this young woman who's being barraged with questions she couldn't possibly be expected to know the answers to yeah uh yikes
1: yeah, the doctor's asking her all manner of things. And I don't think this is an, an uncommon experience. I think this is an accurate reflection of, like, there are a lot of doctors in hey. the world who are brilliant at being doctors and who are not re- very great at Who have like, like, no bedside on, manner. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so your mother has a brain tumor and one in three people, almost one in three people with this condition make it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, do you know if she has a cell phone and do you know if her insurance requires copies of the MRI? Like, what, right, dude? right, right. So Ben...
1: Ben comes over makes up uh, a lie about this doctor being needed in um, ICU uh, and then says to Buffy like it looked like you could use a break um, which is really nice it's a quick it's a quick little Ben and Buffy moment um, and then Buffy goes over to Riley and she's like I have to go I have to go find out a spell for for this like I have to go find out what the magic is that will take care of this thing that's happening with my mom and Riley just says you know people get sick um, which is interesting that you know, but I mean, I think Buffy's in a in a obviously like a state of panic and and fear. But, you know, Riley doesn't have like a ton of experience with magic at this point. He's been around it. But, uh, you know, it's surprising to see him draw that line in this scene um, as quickly as he does.
2: I think like somebody has to. and also, like, I mean, he's not a stranger to the supernatural. That's true.
1: That's true. I guess yeah, he was in a laboratory of tinfoil doing medical work on fantastical right. creatures. So, or at least near right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So Buffy says to to Riley, you know, not to tell Dawn um, anything yet. This is very um, reminiscent of me. Um, I won't tell the full saga on this episode, but my mom went through a really terrifying medical ordeal when i was um about buffy's age actually um and my sister was about dawn's age and the dynamic was exactly what is unfolding here where like i was making sure that she was you know getting to school okay and like getting the practical things and she um was not told the severity of what was happening with my mom um and so this is like very a lot of the way that this um unfolds in the hospital in this episode is very familiar to me and i think they do a good job with it Hmm. So. So. In
2: the words (laughs) of Anya. Hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Okay, so check this out. I watched this with closed captioning on just to be sure. So Giles sold someone a Kohl's amulet and a Sobekium bloodstone Mm -hmm. of the Sobek people. So here's what I think happened. I think that a writer was like, what are words that i haven't included yet uh that haven't been like int- introduced in the in the buffy verse let's see what's a place <laughs> oh there's that place where i got that pack of socks recently kohls <laughs> it is cold right K O H L. K O H L. And then, and then they're like hmm lizards reptiles hmm oh and iced tea and flavored beverages sobe Sobeakium. Oh, God. So I think S- this is like... Fucking... Oh, my God. This is what I... This is my hypothesis. This Holy shit. is what I think shit. is going on. That actually
1: checks out, Jenny, because when... I, when in this scene, I was like, ooh, so Like, back." what is this? And I looked it up, and I was like, ooh... This is cuz you know you it's like 50/50 on this show. Sometimes I look things up and I find the article on Buffy because they've created it. And sometimes I find like a whole history of this real thing that they're referencing and, and Sobek is a, a real ancient Egyptian deity, but he was a, a crocodile god. Um like the, uh-huh. Yeah, who was either um presented like as a crocodile or as a human with a crocodile head. Um Which was really cool when I found this out and I was like, oh, this is like really drawing on this thing. And then I was like, wait, but it's not a crocodile. It's a fucking snake. And they call it like a reptile thing. So I am actually going to support your thesis here um, that no one read anything except for a bottle of iced tea.
2: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Although now I'm looking at uh, the Sobe uh, Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. And um, Sobe actually allegedly is an abbreviation of South Beach for South Beach <laughs> Beverage Company, which is, now, which is now owned by PepsiCo, which is headquartered in Purchase, New York, just across the street from my college. Wow. And there you have it. The circle of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So regardless of how they came to this, it would have been nice. I would have preferred to have a human with a crocodile head be the demon in this episode, to be honest Sure, with you. sure. Um, but they realize that... Through Anya being like, you never sell these things together, you fool. Um, they put it together that, oh, no, it was a small blonde woman. Yes,
2: yes. Giles is like, "What? why are you so worried? The young woman to whom I sold them would have had to have enormous power. Oh, dear Lord.
1: <laughs> Record scratch. Everyone but Xander yeah. realizes that the girl was Glory. Glory was the girl.
2: Right, right, right. We go
1: to the Sunnydale Carousel, beautiful carousel that we have here in Sunnydale. Oh, yeah. And um, I would like to give a shout out to the fucking monks who have created incredible memories here for RP Dawn. <laughs> I mean, just the specificity. She's like, it was so my 10th birthday. My party was at the carousel. We had just moved here so nobody came. But my mom wanted to get her money's worth. I'm like, dang, uh, these monks spent like at least six weeks creating this child's memories. Um, so shout out to them. <laughs> but it's this is very sweet. This is another like some points for Riley. Like Riley is doesn't know what to do. Um, and so he buys Dawn ice cream and takes her to the fucking carousel to try to like cheer her up which doesn't work but like the thought counts and i was
2: like watching this scene feeling like why is this carousel so familiar that can't be right but it's the carousel in griffith park Oh, wow. Of course. Huh. Of course that like makes all the sense, but I was saying like, those those dirt paths are really ringing a bell right now. There's
1: a definite um just this is probably not a connection that is worthy of this podcast, but here goes. Um I'm <laughs> pretty sure there's a big carousel scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. Um I'm having like a a memory of a carousel. So, I don't know. Find out. Go ahead. Go look. Run. Scamper. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See if there's any connection. <laughs> Come back to me. On that note, Jenny, uh, why don't we take a moment to hear a word from some of our sponsors? Heck yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas.
0: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, so what's important about this scene besides Dawn's uh, carefully sculpted, rich in detail memories is that she's like, hmm. Buffy sure cries a lot less with you than she did with Angel. Yeah. I thought you might be team Dawn on this one, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) Riley's like, oh, nice. She uh, cried a lot with Angel. (laughs) Uh, Thinking that things are going to go his way, but without realizing it, Dawn kind of dashes him up against the rocks by letting him know that, like, with Angel... It was like every day was the end of the world, but she doesn't get all worked up like that over you. Mm, yeah. And then <laughs> with the only the uh, self-perceived wisdom that a, a 12-year-old or 14-year-old can really possess, <laughs> Don says, I think you've been really good for her. <laughs> But like uh, I don't know which no, is we, accurate it, it,
3: like
1: it, I I I think that if Riley was not feeling this specific insecurity he would understand Don's point because we've witnessed the relationship of Angel and Buffy and we've witnessed the relationship of of Riley and Buffy and like Don what Don is trying to say is like you are a a, a, ser, a ser, much more serene presence in her life there's not you're not like stirring the pot and and sitting by your fireplace with your soul brooding you know you're yeah. <laughs> and like right, there is right, right. validity to that observation um though we all know how I feel about riley i do I do get Don's point and I think that we see it in this episode maybe more than we've seen in most other episodes the way that he is sort of this like figure of like, she, she just kind of holds to him like a rock in this episode, um, mm-hmm. even though she's, you know, distracted with everything else. So, anyhow, let's go back to the magic box. We've already kind of discussed this this conversation Buffy walks in, and she's like, we need to find a spell, and they are pointing out to her that it's really complicated when you use magic for medical reasons, and I think Willow says something along the lines of, like, it's also, like, her brain, and so like that's super complicated and if I right like it's not something you want to fuck up like uh, that would be a very bad fuck up Uh, They try to get Anya to pick up on the hint to not bring up
2: Gloria. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and she she catches what's going on just in time. (laughs) Which is is like the timing the timing of this scene is like is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it's very cute. It's very Anya's really. She's starting to get a
1: foothold. She's not there yet, but she's doing her best. I know I'm here for it. Um, And then of course Buffy is like. So how did she get away with these uh, items? How did she manage to
2: get the amulet? And, oh my god! And Anya putting the back of her hand up uh, against the side of her mouth be so like, Giles sold it to her.
1: <laughs> it's good. Let's give her. Let's give her her fucking jingle. Come on, she earned it.
3: She spent. One millennium demonically vengeance in speaks her mind and then some. You know, she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends. Oh, yeah, exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for you. She'll that Just keep the funnies far from Anya.
2: Okay, every episode Anya gets a jingle. <laughs> So um we learn
1: more of uh, kind of information about the the reptile worshippers. Um, the Temple
2: of Sobek where they only drink Sobe. <laughs> it's actually located in South Beach. <laughs> right, 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 of course. Um
1: and they they put it together that she's gonna make a cobra. Um, and Xander gets a nice little one-liner in here, like, oh, it's always why is it always snakes? Could it just be bunnies one time to Anya's fury? Horror. How, how dare you have ruined my dreams for a week yeah. with that? Xander. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to a place we have not been since season one, Jenny.
2: Yes. It's Are You Ready? <laughs> It's the Sunnydale Zoo. What have what's been going on? What kind of improvements have been made? Wow! They get any new animals? <laughs> Do you think that the
1: cobra was there when the hyenas were there? Like. Do you think? Yeah, they know each other. Right. Like, he's like, he has some tails in his head. He's like, I'll go find you your key, Glory. But, oh, later I got to tell you this story about Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're in very different areas because the cobra is in the reptile house, hmm. which, hey, weren't the Dursleys just here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, okay, so there's a cobra, a real cobra. It's unclear how many how much of this is real cobra versus fake cobra, but at least part of it is real cobra. They put the cobra into the classic cobra vessel. <laughs> classic, just exactly where you think a cobra would be put. Yep. Uh yep. into this big vase and uh, they start their incantations. Glory is, you know, accurately like, God, these fucking incantations, man, they're always overwritten. They're just like, get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> and in comes Buffy. Um, Jenny, you are our wrestling expert and maybe you have something to say about this fight, but I believe, knowing nothing about wrestling, that that Buffy and Glory do a wrestling move called the Patrick Swayze in this scene. Um, I've, ma- <laughs> I've made it up. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, uh, I don't remember any of the visual details of this fight, so let me guess what you mean okay, by okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. At a certain point, Glory sidles up to the cobra vessel, puts her hands on it very gently, like one hand on each side, and uh-huh. then Buffy comes up behind her <laughs> and puts her hands on oh top my of Glory's hands. Is that what happened? You're in the wrong movie! You're in the wrong movie! <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Amazing, oh, lift and lift, and I carried a watermelon. Right. So I thought where you were going to go is
1: the, the classic dirty dancing move, which is above the head, right? The baby gets mm-hmm, lifted mm-hmm, above Patrick mm-hmm. Swayze's head. But it's not that. It's actually the dance that Patrick Swayze teaches baby um which contains one of the gayest scenes in in uh, 80s movies where penny and baby are learning like penny is teaching baby the dance it's real gay if you haven't seen it go back and and get a good <laughs> look at that but the the part of the move that in this dance that he first teaches her it's sort of like they both put their um their arms behind the other one's neck and then sort of like pull out so that their hands are then sliding down each other's arms. It's hard to describe. But if you you know Dirty Dancing and you saw this scene, you know what I'm talking about. I am dubbing it the the Patrick Swayze. So if it has a wrestling move, fine. Like if it has a wrestling name, fine. But I'm calling it Patrick Swayze from now on. Cool. So (laughs) glory kicks. Buffy's ass, and ends it by saying "scene," um, a really great nod to those of us who are theater kids, and um, <laughs> then she says, "Arise, arise!" and the snake arises, and miracle upon miracles, Jenny, not only has the snake grown in size, but it has also sprouted two baby arms,
2: <laughs> two <laughs> two little T Rex arms, uh, two little kangaroo. I just like spippers. why why
1: because I thought is there is there there must be a scene later where the arms come into play like they must have needed the arms is he going to open a jar like what is he going to do with his arms well you know what
2: he needs them for is when he's going real fast uh, (laughs) when he's gliding real fast he needs to hold them out in front of himself for balance (laughs) (laughs) you'll see
1: i will see unfortunately i will never be able to unsee but
2: now remember when we had a demon lizard that didn't have arms that was also pretty bad
1: that's true but i think it this is worse it looks like it honestly looks when we get to the cgi scenes it looks like it's a it's a snake on wheels with arms like it it just looks like it's like a Toy That a kid like rolled across the room, except instead he's rolled it across Sunnydale.
2: Um, it, I mean, it really, the arms give it like a real action figure yeah, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I, I guess it's true. It's for, ba- I don't know. It's not good, guys. Anyway, Glory is like, yo, the reason I have arisen you is because you need to go find the fucking key. Like you have the vision in your shiny reptile eyes to see what I can't see and find the fucking key.
2: Hey, I just want to say, sorry, I'm looking at pictures of the snake now. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see this picture of Sarah Michelle Geller and the snake? <laughs> oh, did- <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We'll put it on the oh internet. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's really good. But I'm looking at the arms. They're just like, I guess because the snake head is like a bit larger than would be proportionate for the, the size of the head of the human that's inside this suit. It makes the arms seem a little smaller, but they're actually not s- super small. Jenny, feeling it's just that he's like holding them like up and I feel... As, like I just feel like you're missing the point, which is
1: what's not the, point? the size of the arms, but the fact that a snake does not have arms.
2: <laughs> well, maybe something happens like evolutionarily when um god you know, this
1: is- <laughs> Yes, sorry, continue. There is a girl with two pennies and a snake <laughs> with arms. There's a girl
2: with two pennies <laughs> and a snake with some Ugh. cute little arms. So Riley gets the fucking
1: magic box and is like, you fucking let her go. Like, you let Buffy go to, to this fight. And Giles, a fucking understandably, is like, Riley, you know Buffy. There's no letting or not letting. Like, she does what she wants to fucking do. And then Xander sidles up for a mano y mano chat. <laughs> <laughs> With woo. they really, I mean, uh, not only do they have like a deeply emotional conversation, but Xander also says half cocked to Riley. So, ha! um, wow, keep, keep that in mind. Uh, they have a conversation about Buffy and Xander's concern about the fact that Riley has like blown up the thing without, you know, like what are you doing, man? And Riley walks out basically in kind of a huff and he says, like, as he leaves, he's like, you know, I mean, know if she needs me in a way that is meant, of course, to convey, like, she obviously will never need me. Um, Right. very overwhelmed. The Cobra Um, is having an adventure,
2: Jenny. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Before we go to the Cobra, I just want to highlight that um, at the very beginning of this scene that's back in the magic box, a customer is asking Giles for a copy of Alistair Crowley Sings. Which, so far as I can tell, is not an (laughs) album that actually exists, but are you familiar with Aleister Crowley? No. Okay, so Aleister Crowley was an English occultist, Mm. ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. He founded the religion of Thelema, identifying himself as the prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into the eon of Horus in the early 20th century. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got, like, a whole thing. Wow, I had no, I didn't even hear the line, and I had no familiarity,
1: so thank you for that. Holy shit. Hey, no problem. Um, okay,
2: so now can we go to church with a big snake? We can. Did you know that we've been to the outside of this building? No. Like, I'm we, sure that, you, and I'm sure me, sure that Jenny, and Kristen? Yeah, that's right. Um, that is in Santa Barbara. We oh. were taken there on our tour. Um, and it was very I believe it was very near to like a great field of roses. Oh wow. And I think yeah. if I'm remembering correctly that it's a monastery.
1: Wow. Good it's lucky that one of us has a brain that remembers things, you know. Uh huh. It sure is. Like you got it. If listen, kids, if you're gonna start a podcast, make sure one of your two hosts has a memory. It's very yes. helpful to the content.
3: <laughs> but why? So the cobra,
1: the, the listen. The cobra has a lot of a lot of open-ended questions for me. Um, why he
2: goes to the church first because that's where the monks were. Is that what we're to believe? I believe that's the idea, and it's also so we can get a sweet our first sweet close-up of that tail swishing across the floor, and
1: we get you know I don't know if you all remember the um the the doily pan down beautiful doily pan down uh, camera work that we got in. Oh season two maybe uh yeah but but we get a beautiful uh beautiful crucifix uh christ pan down uh to reveal the snake which i think is very nice (laughs) a similar (laughs) move different you know from doily to christ the title of my memoir your memoir um so yeah so then and then my other question is like it seems like the snake is very emotional because it, it, it to me, in the timeline of the snake, it, it, the snake is calmly hunting and because he goes undetected, they couldn't find him. Nobody could find him. And then as soon as he locates Dawn, he becomes very reckless and he is just willy nilly all over the streets, knocking into people. Everybody sees the snake. So is there we to believe that the snake is, is excited? Like he's excited that he's achieved his mission.
2: I think it read to me as, like, there was some kind of mystical imperative, like, find the key, mm-hmm. and then as the second you fucking find it, you get back to me as I quickly see, as I you see. possibly can. That's what I got from it. I don't know if that includes knock over a fire hydrant, throw a, <laughs> like, rolling dumpster into the side of a small, sporty red car. Uh, uh, Giles' uh, snake
1: chase in that car is to be noted.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, he looks pretty
1: great. He looks way better in that car than he looked in the Cit- Citroën. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. Good thing he's not driving that anymore.
1: <laughs> so
2: um, there's a quick scene where Buffy calls on a payphone. I'm at a payphone. Do, 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 oh, boy. Do, do. Oh, boy. She's icing her shoulder. She's letting Giles know that the big snake is on the loose. And then we get like a melancholy music kind mm-hmm. of um Melancholy montage. and the infinite
1: montage.
2: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Riley's at the bar drinking. Then Riley lets that girl vampire bite him and he stakes her. I say character assassination. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: this is like, whoa. Um, What is even happening here? Riley. You know
2: when you like are all of a sudden you're like in a car going in one direction and then all of a sudden you're in a car going in a totally different direction. But like nothing really it doesn't feel like anybody turned the wheel or anything right it's it is like whoa what's happening yeah it's
1: almost i mean because they pull back right the previously on brought us this this scene from a while back where he's like she doesn't love me and and so they're like pulling on these themes that again, was it, like
2: that was the first like hard turn without like a ton of Right, but it's it's
1: also like I just feel like there are episodes that we've seen where it would have been even more believe. I still am like I don't know about this turn, but it's just like it in this episode. It's it's I don't know. I I, I want to be on the train that you probably a lot of you want me to be on, which is like really couldn't take it because like da 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 da. But a lot of. A lot of what we see in this episode is, like, Riley doing really great things. And so it is a, it is a pretty hard turn that, like, this insecurity has driven him um, to not talk to Buffy, to whatever, and when her mom has just been diagnosed with a brain tumor to make this choice. And so if, if we're going to believe that Riley has made this choice, and this is not just the writers taking a turn – This is really shitty, really shitty, really like a big bummer. Um, uh, But we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, We continue with the big snake adventure. Uh, The snake is now sniffing the carousel horses. Uh (laughs) 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 And um, Dawn uh, is at the magic box. Buffy comes in. They hug each other in this very like tender moment. And Buffy's like, has anyone seen the big snake?
2: <laughs> and the big snake is like oh, I have yeah, yeah the big like, snake like smashes through through window window and is the like, cane is like oh <laughs> <laughs> we just went on our separate things <laughs> yeah what did you say well I'll tell you what I said <laughs> uh I said the snake smashes through the window and is like oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty much I think they could go together mine was in a top hat saying oh
2: beautiful Michigan J frog yeah <laughs> The actual, uh, the actual... Yes.
1: uh, The WB, the WB, he's learned a couple things from the WB frog.
2: Right, right, right.
1: So, So, which I would have preferred, honestly. I would have liked the episode better if the WB frog was the demon. Okay, so the snake is, uh, like, sniff, 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 puts his top hat down and looks directly into Dawn's key soul as Dawn, A plus screaming... Michelle Trachtenberg, fantastic screaming. She's screaming, she's screaming, she's screaming. And the snake is like, peace, got what I needed. Um, yeah. And, and Willow. It's off to the races. Right. Off to the snake races. And Willow is like, why was the snake afraid of dawn? And Buffy just looks at Giles, still the only person who knows what's up here, and says it knows. And Giles is yeah. like, Ska- Kirk! <laughs> uh, to the Giles-mobile. <laughs> okay, so they, so Giles learns her name is Glory, right? Because Buffy says it in the car, and he's like, Glory? And Buffy's like, yeah, I heard the, the, the minion call her that. So now everybody knows this person's name. Uh, right, we also right, right, right. learn an incredibly important fact in the next scene, which is that Glory loves to get shoes from Aldo. Um,
2: I wanted to talk about this because there's nothing wrong with Aldo. But I Although feel like there.
1: My choice of where to get shoes, but sure, it is,
2: sure. But I am it's not, not glory <laughs> fancy. I <laughs> well, wouldn't think it, like what's a luxury shoe that right. Um, <sighs> somebody living in a hotel room that has a round bed would wear. I do have to say though that like.
1: So I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy that Glory would be. I think that you know she'd be like getting some Carrie Bradshaw level shoes, um, right? But I, but I also have to say that there may be a bit of Glory that's practical because I get my shoes from Aldo because I do think those like super high patent leather heels that I wore to prom those were from Aldo, and so like they make. They make high high heeled shoes. They make fancy shoes, but they are a little bit more comfortable. Um, so, like maybe mm. Glory's just trying to—you know—maybe she's got like her um, really expensive red bottoms over in one closet, but then she's got like her Aldo, like this looks hot, but also is like practical for fighting. Yeah, so that's I the can, only way. Uh, yeah, out. I
2: can <laughs> stand and suck brains in it all the day long. Exactly, exactly. She's like tick, frickin talk. Uh,
1: not to, not to my cousin Vinnieus. Uh, twice in one episode but she's like huh. my snake clock is ticking uh <laughs> she's then we see snake on wheels um and buffy Ugh. is has has overtaken the cobra quite literally um like uh like
2: khaleesi on her dragon wow um, but, but with buffy, a chain and some choking mm-hmm. buffy then this sneaky the little fuck this sneaky little fuck would you call him a snakey, snakey little fuck a snaky little fuck <laughs> plays dead and tricks Buffy, and then is back on. Yeah, just kidding. And then she's like,
1: uh, "Okay, the chain didn't work, so I'm going to punch your snake face until you die."
2: Um, um, and this like sucks, and like obviously this is like Buffy doing something about something because she's powerless in the face of whatever's going on with her mother right. and her mother's health, and this is something she can do right this is very reminiscent of of faith actually um remember the scene oh with oh my God. yeah
1: faith where faith is just bl- obliterating that um vampire or
2: right, right 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 right, so psychologically this is like ugh, this is rough but then you know what really takes the edge off is when they zoom out to a wide shot <laughs> and you see yeah. Buffy <laughs> punching the snake and it's like rubber head is just like the b- b- <laughs> Bubba bounce, Bubba bounce, bounce <laughs> i had I had the thought of like,
1: you know, as an actor, I saw so um a friend of ours and actually uh, was on the podcast way, way, way back, Shannon Woodward. um. She posted something recently, um, I think it was about cats, and <laughs> she was like, huh. the quote was like, when they tell you they'll fix it and post, you know? And it was like, for, oh, for yeah. the image, it was like the cat's actual hand, like having actual human hands. Like human fingers. And like holding them like cat paws. And <laughs> I, I thought of that in seeing this. I was like, probably like, you know, as an actor, you have to kind of believe that like even though you're punching a ridiculous rubber snakehead, they're going to they're gonna use all the tools they have to fix it for you later, and they did not. (laughs) no they did not no they did not (laughs) oh god okay sorry that i I laughed like that watching it and i forgot all about it so i'm glad you brought it up again
2: um happy to help and then from up on high Gloria is just continuing to stare out the window of her hotel we assume she doesn't see buffy punching the snake because she's not laughing uh and she just keeps staring waiting
1: She's like Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus. She's like, boo, except she's like, snake. (laughs) Your snake never comes. And so then we go from the fantastical to the harsh reality of the hospital. We end the episode where we began the episode in the hospital, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. and Joyce is uh, about to tell Dawn, um, she, yeah. And so this is, this is rough and I don't like what they do, um, with Riley here either because they, they really, they, uh, you know, so if you haven't just rewatched this scene in the hospital is like, Buffy is like, I'll send Dawn in by herself and you can talk to her and she goes out into the hallway and Riley comes up and, riley says to first of all riley's wearing the classic classic well, wear of that post hickey slash vamp the best sesh. thing
2: the best thing about riley getting bit in the neck by a vampire <laughs> is that he's got a reason to wear this turtleneck. Like, dig that shit <laughs> out of the back of your closet my boy and put it on post haste um so riley ho- like holds
1: her and says like let it out and she says very understandably. I can't – like, we all know this this emotional state, right, where you know if you even so much as let out one tear, you're not stopping. And then you're not going to be able to get it under control. And that's basically yeah. what she says, right? They need me. Yeah. If I start, I won't be able to stop. And what I don't love is – and I know that it's connecting to what we saw with Riley and the vamp and whatever. But, like, I just really believe after everything we've seen Riley do in this episode with Dawn and, like, whatever, that in this environment – I don't, I know I'm betraying so many of you, but I don't buy that Riley in the hospital with this is going to feel left out. Like, I, it, it seems like the, the situation is too extreme for what we're seeing manifest in Riley at the end of the episode. I buy it in the grave, in the cemetery. I buy it with the demons. I buy it with the fighting. I buy it in all those places. But I just, I think that for most of us, and I do include Riley in this, I, I think that when somebody is sick and you're in a hospital, these things don't come to the surface unless you're like an actual asshole, which I b- believe it or not, I don't think Riley is an actual asshole. I think that he would have understood this and he would have just sat down in that hospital chair and like waited for them to come out.
2: Yeah, it doesn't feel true to his character. Like The only kind of sense that I could make of it is that what we're to take, like I could understand maybe a little bit more if we were to take... Riley being left alone in the hall after that exchange as, like, all he wants to do is to be there for her. Right. But maybe it's kind of feeling like...
1: He can't help no matter what.
2: He can't help no matter what. Maybe he's feeling a little bit like she doesn't need me. Maybe he's feeling... that Another thing that I was thinking about was, like, Riley clearly wants to be a partner. Yeah. Riley wants to be in partnership. And doesn't necessarily always feel like Buffy does. Like, I don't think we ever see Buffy thrive in partnership. Right. Uh, and
1: that's like, it's like the overtasked person, you know, I mean, obviously her tasks are a bit heftier than some of ours, but you know, like she, she's putting out so many fires so much at the time that it's not very possible or accessible for her to be in partnership in that way.
2: And so maybe like, maybe what we're to take from this flash shot of him is like, it's really maybe starting to sink in a little bit that perhaps they don't want the same things out of a relationship.
1: Yeah, I like that interpretation more um, than than the way I saw it. And sometimes my, you know, I, I recently, a friend of the pod, Joanna Robinson, um, framed the way that I view things as I am an emotional viewer. And it really resonated for me. Like I get very mm. like emotionally invested in things when I watch them. I'm not a critic at heart. Like I don't, it has to be like pretty fucking bad for me to be like, this was bad. Um, I get invested. And um, so sometimes I, like, conflate what I don't, you know, like, I, I, what I didn't want to be happening in this scene is what I kind of made the scene in my mind. So I like your assessment a little bit better than mine. And and I get that. And I also get how some of Riley's insecurities can obviously, like, make the jump from, um, you know, fighting and demon stuff to just everything when you're feeling really overwhelmed and, like, you you aren't getting what you need. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's correct. So, um. Yeah, it's pretty somber. Okay, let's, uh, let's take a turn. Let's take a turn out of this somber corner of discussion and go headlong into the Sexual Attention wards.
3: Sexual
2: Attention Awards. Well it's time once again for the most important part of the podcast, the sexual tension awards (laughs) for this episode, we respectfully and humbly submit the following nominees for your consideration. First up for a smoky little exchange of, (laughs) I don't know what kind of action you're looking for. It's Xander and Riley. Let them Uh, live. Let them love. Let them laugh. Cast your votes
1: for the half-cocked couple. (laughs) Uh, Second up, we have Glory and her shoes. She is very into her shoes and the way they feel on her perfect feet.
2: And how they highlight her ankles or fail to do so. Mm, Yes. Third up, well, I think this is the only actual... um, character's mouth touching part of character's other character's body mm. thing that happens in the whole episode it's Riley and Sandy the vampire yeah I mean I would call that
1: sexual tension Uh, you know and last but not least, Jenny, um, I'm a big, mm. a lifelong fan of the uh, film Dirty Dancing. I, I I know you are. I've watched it over and over and over again in my youth, in my adulthood. And I, I would be remiss if not to nominate Glory and Buffy for their beautiful wrestling fight dance move that I named the Patrick Swayze.
2: <laughs> great. Great, great, great. <laughs> you
1: can... Uh- Participate in our sexual tension democracy uh, over
2: on our Twitter. What's our Twitter, Jenny? It's at Buffering cast, please.
1: The poll will stay open for one week. So get on over there and vote and we'll see who wins. This was not an episode rife with sexual tension. We did our best. We hope we did yes. you proud. Jenny we've done it yet again first episode of 2020 we've got snakes we've got hospitals we've got some other stuff
2: <laughs> uh yeah and if you haven't seen the picture at this point of the man cobra in a towel holding a roll of toilet paper man do yourself cobra. a favor and look up that image
1: yes please do uh jenny when you're not looking at beautiful pictures of man cobras and towels where can people find you
2: well i'm jenny owen youngs and when i'm not watching buffy and shopping at Kohl's and chugging sobe <laughs> i'm usually <laughs> writing and recording songs you can learn more about my musical life and uh hear some of those songs over jenny And you give me a shout on Twitter, at Jenny Owen Youngs. Also, I will remind you that I put out a new EP and a holiday song at the end of last year, which you can find. The EP is called Night Shift. The holiday song is called Maybe Next Year. And also, you can hear more of my speaking voice over on my other television recap podcast about a tiny, blonde protagonist, Veronica Mars Investigations. Jenny, um, the New York Times wrote about your fucking holiday song. No big deal. It was like, we picked 13 songs, thereby... You know, um, a group of peers including Taylor Swift, Blink One (laughs) Eighty Two, Wow, Macklemore, Jenny Owen Youngs, some other people are on that list. Pretty fucking
1: fantastic. Um, Pretty cool. Very cool.
2: Thank you, New York Times. Way
1: to round out the decade, Jenny, with a New York Times. Oh (laughs) yeah, right up. Um, Yes, when I um, when I'm not buying my practical shoes for fighting at Aldo, uh, you can find me. Uh, over at Uh, You probably by 2020 know how to spell it, but it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. That is also my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. You can find me in all of those places. Um, and we are um, just rounding the bend to the last episode almost of my my so-called life podcast with Joanna Robinson. Um, we just have, I think, three or four episodes left um, before we finish it. So you should come on over. It's called The Boiler Room. Uh, and we're at Boiler Room Cast. So join us for our 19-episode journey. And, um, yeah, I don't know. What else should we tell people? Oh, how about where to find us?
2: Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. Or you can drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at area code 216. That's Cleveland 30 B-U-F-F-Y. Hell yeah. Um, We have merch as
1: always you can find that uh all of the smash the demon lizard patriarchy relevant yet again this week <laughs> um, uh, at our store buffering the Vampireslayer.com. just click on shop also um we have some buffy watches and concerts coming up for our patrons uh the next buffy watch will be a viewing of scream 2 um i'm very excited about it and Hell yeah. uh, you can find out all the information uh, by clicking on patreon um from that website and what else? Oh, rate and review us if you haven't already. It helps us. Rate and review. if you already If you already rated and reviewed us, go on over and rate and review Angel on top because it helps people find us and them. Oh yeah.
2: Is that it? Is that all the information they need? I, I think that's all the information. <gasps> until next time. Uh- uh, woo. yeah.
3: It's a snake, it's a great big snake, it's a snake, it's a snake, it's a great big snake, to snake, it's a snake, it's a great big snake, it's a snake, it's a snake, it's a great big snake <laughs> Psych. 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 Punch that snake up, punch it good, punch it like you, know you should just take up. Tim is dead. Because you got people you need to...
2: Sunnydale, you see some wild things that you just have to accept. Giant praying mantises, cyborg demon hybrids. My sister's a mystical energy keeper, crying out loud. But you know what I can't swallow? I'll watch Glory put that cobra into that clay pot. Doesn't that cobra have any arms when you put
3: it in there, glory? I don't think so. Where'd the fucking arms come from? Punch that snake up. Punch it good. Punch it like you. Know you should. Punch that makeup. up. Great big snake, it's a snake, it's a snake